There have always been worlds in my mind. Worlds full of stories worth sharing. Characters worth cheering for. Philosophy worth examining and discussing. Epic battles featuring those truly great heroes and the villains they conquered. And all those precious things worth fighting for. And I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is still more to discover. So come, wander the worlds with me. Welcome to the Scribe's Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds. I am joined once again by the your Violet Your favorite low-quality headphones. <laughs> that too. That too. Um, so today we are talking about relational bliss. So the <laughs> prompt or the challenge for this week is to write about a relationship that you have no experience with. So that could be if you're a single child to write about having siblings, uh, to write about a relationship with a father or an aunt or an uncle. This could be someone who maybe they passed away very early in your life and you don't know what your life would be like. Or it could be a fictional account about two brothers or a sibling group. Let's call them the Von Traps for no other reason. If you have every single family relation available and alive to you to this day, you can make it fictional and be like, well, I'll never have a relationship with a bedraggled wizard. Yeah, do that or write about a, you know, a, a situation different than yours. So if you had siblings, then write about someone who might be a single child. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. Have some fun with it. Play around with it and, and see what you get. OK, great. Podcast done. Yep, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> But seriously, though, <laughs> this one can be can be challenging because if you don't have personal experience trying to write something, there, there's there's a lot of things in writing that we don't have personal experience with. For example, I don't have the personal experience of fighting a dragon, but I write about fighting dragons. So, but that's a fantasy world. Like, it's just made up. But in something like this, it's more realistic. Uh, where do you start trying to find like inspiration or uh, knowledge about about this kind of stuff that you might have no connection to? Yeah, um, I think that a really smart place to 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 start off is, and we talk about this next episode a little bit more, is going to writing communities and asking questions. You'll never get better advice than from someone who's lived what you need advice on. So going into writing communities or even just asking people that you're close with, hey, you've got a brother. What's that mm -hmm. like? But specifically making sure that your questions are specific more to your plot. So, hey, how does a family work when it's under stress and crisis? How does your grandmother react when things go wrong or when a dragon burns down her kitchen? I would say that's a good place to start is just with people who, who have experience with different family relationships. I would also warn against taking relational advice. From media sources, mm. most likely like TV shows and movies I have found are not a great representation of things. As someone who grew up homeschooled, did you know that public school is not all about the odd girl finding a boyfriend by taking off her glasses Wait. and everyone realizing that she's pretty? What? 
You mean yeah, I've been I taking know. off and my glasses in public for no reason all of these years? Dramatically, slowly, and awkwardly, I might add. <laughs> I'm doing it now, but only to to rub my eyes, so. <laughs> oh, no! It's a Squidward meme where it's, oh, oh no, no, he's hot! hot! Anyway. Boy, how, how about you, Scribe? Where do you suggest people start drawing inspiration for relational experiences that they may not personally have? Yeah, so like you said, you know, the general media is not a great place to start because a lot of that centers around drama. So if you're watching something about a family, it's going to show you family drama, which might some some of it might be accurate, but a lot of it is played up, you know, for the plot. So I would say asking questions to people who have actually lived it is a great one. But then find nonfiction stuff about family relations you know this that's that's going to require a lot of legwork on your own part but if you really want to do it properly go to your public library and say i'd like a book about brotherly relationships i just keep coming back to brothers even though i have too many of them yeah i was about to say you are not lacking in sibling relations not by any means but yeah i would i would say that uh, but then the other thing is be free with your imagination. You can do all the research. You can ask all the questions. And all of those could might still not be the scenario that you would find yourself in if you actually had a brother or if you actually had that aunt. So be free with your imagination and ask yourself, how would you be in that situation? Like, let's put yourself in, in that aunt's shoes. If you were that aunt... I don't think that ant, an ant, can fit in a shoe. Scribe. No, an ant totally can fit in a shoe. I mean, okay, I don't think that a shoe would comfortably fit an ant. How's that? You are probably right. So to all the ants listening, we apologize. Hashtag give ants shoes 2023. <laughs> and I'd like that to be the first quote that this podcast episode starts out with. Hashtag, we'll see. <laughs> I've heard worse. I've heard that's, worse. That's so true. You've known me for too long to not know worse. I like where you're going on that, putting ourselves in different situations. I'd like to take it a step further. Scrub, how would you write a single child, an only child, growing up in a public school scenario? Yeah, so I'll I'll make it about a fictional character. Okay. I need a name. Give me a name. Elliot. Elliot. I can? Okay. So, Elliot... I like the name, okay? I need you to know how many times the name Elliot comes up in my stories. You have no idea how many times I have typed Elliot and then said, nope. It's very good. It's a nice starter name. It's like the John Smith for fantasy worlds. (laughs) But yeah, so Elliot is a single child. His main social outlet is school. So he prefers to be there not because of any necessarily problems at home, but just because that's, you know, where his friends are. His relationship with his parents is wonderful because he doesn't have anyone else to share um, with. He is seen by his friends as being spoiled because his parents only have to attend to him and no one else. He doesn't see it that way. He just kind of sees his life as normal and sometimes comes across, is is kind of stunned when he hears about the, the experiences that his friends don't get to have because there's more kids in the house. Elliot, yeah, I think I think that's where I would start. Yeah. Kind of focus his main relationships being outside of the home. I should say main peer relationships, obviously, because you're not going to have a peer relationship with your with your parents. 
outside of the home and I would I would switch it up and have him have a healthy home life because you know what you don't always have to have problems at home to make a good story you know what happens when you have a healthy relationship with your parents I don't know do you they die <laughs> yeah yeah you're not wrong <laughs> Good old Peter Parker. Good old Peter Parker. What about you? What about you? If you were writing about someone who is an ant and as in... Wait, sh- has shoes or no shoes? Barefoot granola ant. Okay, yep. perfect. They are babysitting their nieces and nephews for the first time. Ooh. Barefoot granola ant surrounded by a tribe of youngsters will follow my every whim. You better bet. There is going to be some magical foresty adventures that are about to happen. I'd say there's only a little bit of stress, but in this scenario, the ant that I'm thinking of is one of those, I'm prepared for every situation, even if it is completely illogical. So this ant has read child-rearing books probably more than these children's mother have. This ant (laughs) is prepared with a fanny pack full of snacks, all organic, I might add, and a jug full of ice-cold water. And this ant is ready to give these kids the afternoon of a lifetime in their backyard with a picnic, picking out pretty leaves and then sketching them using charcoal presses onto other pieces for art reasons. For art reasons, quote unquote. <laughs> for art reasons. My, in my professional linguistic capacities, that is the correct way to describe these adventures. I want to read that story. So now it's on you to write it, please. Plus Plus five points if the ant has a magical garden mm-hmm. and is magical herself. I, I meant you specifically, but yeah, anyone listening, go ahead, write it, and we'll uh, share our favorite one. Ooh, I yeah. will share the only one that we'll get because we know our listening base. Who 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 do you think it'll be out of our, out of our regulars? Let's shout some people out. We've got the guy in the hat. We've got Z Lady. We've got oh, there's one more. That's like my our wife. Yeah, we have we have uh, scribe's wife. Out of those, who do you think would do it? My money would probably be on Z Lady or Guy in the Hat. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take you for Z Lady for three bucks. I don't bet, but you know what? I'm I'm down to to just bet in general. All right, that works. We'll cool. we'll we'll fantasy bet. Cool. I'll I'll bet you three gold doubloons. Nice. Okay, so Z Lady, if you are listening to this, do not write no no z lady listen listen to this because i will get three gold doubloons and i will give you one of them oh oh z lady i'll give you two of them i will i will yeah you know what no i'll be honest i'll give you one but you'll know that it's because (laughs) you'll know it's because i i am a person of integrity and i'm not trying to sway your vote you're uh, literally trying to sway her vote by bribing her in this moment yeah, but I'm not bribing her as much as you are. So therefore, that still I have... makes it a bribe. That's like Look, if a serial the lesser, killer is like the lesser hey, man, of I two didn't kill evils. as many as the Zodiac. <laughs> Let me off the hook. Anyway, we are so far away from the topic right now. Oh my goodness. Coming <laughs> back, coming back to relationships between characters. So this this one is, you know, trying to write a relationship that you have no idea about. But talk to us a little bit about writing character interactions in general. Like, what are some tips or tricks that you use to make sure that when people are reading your character interactions, they're understandable and relatable and they don't feel like super off the cuff or anything? I actually always found character interactions 
to be very difficult for me to write. I am a describer. I will sit down and write a full, beautiful scene of any location, the intricate works, the history. But dialogue is something that, to this day, I struggle to write. I think that my writing is readable, but it takes me a while to get it there. So dialogue has been something that I found I struggle with, so I have a few tips. The first thing is, if you're working with two characters and you feel like you need to keep describing what they're doing as they go, it's okay to have a few lines that do not have he said, she stated, he grumbled, she muttered. You can just write some lines and let them be. You can write a line of dialogue and just go to the next line of dialogue. And within there, you can sprinkle a few interactions. But I would even pull away from describing how they say it and how they talk to each other and more focus on what they're doing as they're talking to each other. You can describe that a character is feeling squeamish or shy about a topic by having him look down at the floor, picking at the grass, fiddling with his shirt. You don't have to say, he said shyly. You can show it. And show not tell is something that Scribe is very, very serious about. Scribe, you you talk about show not tell a lot. Yeah, I was actually going to bring up that exact thing. There's, yes. a, there's a physical side to dialogue that we forget about in writing because we're so focused on what's being said and the how of it of what's being said but like you know comedians who use physical humor who kind of show you what they're thinking for example we just watched the ryan hamilton happy face special last night and was it good oh it's great if you're looking for a, a a fantastic clean comedian to share with your non-existent aunt Ryan Hamilton is a great choice. Magical Ant. Ryan Hamilton is a great choice. But he has a whole bunch of physical humor that he does where, as he's telling his joke, he's acting out like falling out of a hot air balloon or uh, acting out like what a baby, how how a baby acts, you know, stares at you and then like the head kind of rolls around and then stares at you again and the head rolls around again and stares at you. I can't describe it well enough with my words you need to see it and so because it's so challenging to write that physical side of dialogue we just kind of brush it aside and throw in a couple words of like shyly or hesitantly you can use those words that's great but supplement them with what's going on with your character or even supplement them with what your character is saying so if someone is saying something hesitantly, have them stutter a little bit. Have them have a couple false starts. We read a whole bunch of clear, concise sentences when we read dialogue in fiction, and that's not how it that's not how it works. Um, you know, it, it's like this podcast. I go through and edit out the 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 weird gaps, um, the false starts the ums so you hear a more clear concise i leave enough of it in so you can kind of see that we're human um but but that that's how we're used to consuming dialogue and fiction but don't be afraid to break away from that especially in a relationship that is new and confusing because when you're trying to figure out how you should interact with a person maybe in your story someone is meeting their their grandfather for the first time and their grandfather is this very prestigious person. And so at first they walk in and they're trying to use 
the the day-to-day dialogue um the you know common speech so to say then all of a sudden halfway through their sentence they realize oh i should be talking in a more formal register and have them make that change and have it be awkward like it's okay but try to write into that what is your character doing in response to the other person's presence are they walking closer are they drawing away what are they doing with their hands right now I am gesturing wildly, even though there's no one in the room. Do they know what to do with their hands? Are they gesturing? Are they tucked up under their armpits? Are they in their pockets? You know, kind of talk through that and explain what your character is doing holistically. And then that's going to inform what they say. And it's going to give you a lot clearer of a picture what the relationship is between the two of them without you having to say, he felt awkward around his grandfather, who he had never met before. But yeah, does that kind of answer your... Yeah, absolutely. Show Not Tell is a very strong literary tool. And I highly recommend that you try it out because it will make your writing feel so much more three-dimensional instead of uh, words on a page. It'll really pop out at you. Um, Yeah, that's where I was going with it. Uh, With this challenge, I... I'm going to step out of the role of an author for a moment uh, and step into my role as a professional. Uh, I'm a social worker. I would say this writing challenge is honestly a really great opportunity to be therapeutic. A really great opportunity for you to reach into parts of yourself that maybe you're struggling with. Say you have recently felt a loss. Say that you have been feeling the emptiness of a relationship that you never experienced or that you haven't had recently. I really encourage you to be vulnerable in this time and and maybe go ahead and write, not yourself, but someone that reminds you of yourself uh, and give them an opportunity to to release that emotion onto the page through that character. If you do that with this submission, remember, I say this like almost every episode, it does not have to be public. You don't have to share it. You can even just type, hey, I wrote a submission for this. You can just send it to Scribe or I for us to read. Uh, but. I I encourage you to, if you feel comfortable, if you have a hole in your heart right now, try therapeutic writing because it it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it really does help a lot. That's that's my little social worky splurge there. I I caught Scribe off guard with that one. I did not tell him I was going to do that, but there you go. That's stepping back into my author role once again. Yeah, and still in my author role. Even if you haven't experienced something like that, giving yourself the opportunity to work through those kinds of emotions and writing about a character. You could write about a character who's experienced a loss. That could be a relationship that you don't have a connection with, but it's still one that you you need to grapple with. But writing about that allows you to see the world in a different way. Writing can be a really great way to release your own emotions, but also seek to understand other people's emotions. And, and I, I can say that it works. I, I write sibling interactions all the time. I don't have any biological siblings, even though I will re- refer to Scribe as my brother. I have no blood. However, I should have had siblings. I should have had some brothers. My mother gave birth to some angels. And I have always felt mm. in my heart that that is a loss that I wish I could have had those relationships. And so you'll see in my stories, if I ever publish, I write about siblings so much because that's a hole in my heart that I have found other ways to fill through chosen family. And that's also why you'll see the chosen family trope in a lot of my writings, but it it is therapeutic. I can attest to that. This one doesn't have to be 
uh, you know, this morose, it can also be something really great. You know, write about a relationship that you've always wanted to experience and maybe it's a cousin and maybe it's, you know, something that doesn't necessarily leave a gap in your life with the absence, but could just be something that you wish you had. Have some fun with it. Talking about characters, what are some of your favorite character relationships in Out of Time? And I'm going to ban you from saying the brother-sister relationship, even though I know you want to talk about that. That was the first one I was going to. I know. Okay, yeah, I actually do have one. One of my favorite and most difficult character interactions that I write is between my characters, Eleanor and Arthur. Specifically because at the time of the story, they are each experiencing very different emotions towards each other. Previously, Arthur and Eleanor were the best of friends. Pen pals, when they couldn't see each other, attached at the hip when they could, uh, had a similar sense of humor, got along quite well. But recently, due to reasons that I will not disclose, Arthur has completely cold-shouldered Eleanor, has refused to answer any of her letters, any of her efforts at communication. Uh, And this will be the first time that Eleanor has seen Arthur in months and communicated with him in months. And that's very strange. So during this interaction, these two chapters that these characters, like we get to see their inner monologues for, we see a similar sense of hurt and brokenness, but for very different reasons. One for the rage and anger because he is certain that Eleanor has done something. And one from the hurt and anger of being abandoned in what feels like to her, her time of need due to a lot of events that's going on in Eleanor's life at the time of the story. So that's that's a relationship that I've found interesting to write. I've had conflict with friends before. I've been on both sides of it. But writing it from this perspective is a little bit different because obviously these individuals are time travelers. And so communication is very important for them in order to stay sane, really, as they pretend to be someone they're not in an environment that they could mess up everything if they're not careful. Mm. What about you? Do you have, and I, I will also challenge you to not use your current writing series when I say, do you have any mm. relationships that stick out to you in maybe one of your others? Uh, so pulling away from Adventures in Fantasy, which is my current project that I'm working on, I think one of my favorite character relationships is actually a brother-sister relationship in one of the, the more epic fantasy series that I have cooking around. Basically, these two siblings get pulled away and embark on this quest with this group of five to save the world. They succeed. Long story short. I would hope. But then they are asked to continue on in their quest. And what's interesting is the sister, Sylvia, is very much gung-ho. Like, from the start, she's, I'm all in. I'm here to save the world. I'm here to do my part. The brother, Vincent, is much more reticent. He's there because his sister is, and his whole purpose is to keep his sister safe. So once this second call comes, she very willingly is like the first person out of the line and says, yes, I'm I'm in this. I'm ready for whatever is next. And meanwhile, her brother, you know, kind of hesitantly comes up and also agrees, sure, I'll do this too. Well, it turns out that the next step is for them to be separated and they end up being separated for a very long time and that acceptance to the call carries through how they fulfill what they're asked to do and i won't get into the the details but both are end up being put in positions of power eventually and yeah it 
completely separate worlds. Like, there's no connection to each other. And in the one, Vincent is kind of a a lousy ruler. He's been tasked with building an army, and he just hires people. But they're all bullies and mercenaries. In the meantime, Sylvia is working in all of these things, and she ends up being more behind the scenes just because, like, the official ruling class is against what she's doing. It doesn't mean what, what she's doing is evil. It just means that they are, I mean, morally gray. And she goes through these terrible afflictions, but pushes through because she knows what she's doing is super important. And when they come back together, all Vincent wants to do is say, look, I did my job. I want to go back home and see my sister. And all Sylvia wants to do is, what's the next thing? Where's the next thing? And so writing their interaction is really interesting and writing them separately is really interesting because, you know, Sylvia thinks about her brother occasionally, but that's not her goal. Her goal is to fulfill what she's supposed to do. Whereas Vincent's only goal is to connect back with his sister and they can go back home. Is Sylvia aware that her brother feels this way? Yeah, I think he makes his his opinion quite clear before they they separate, but I don't think she really grasps that someone can be as apathetic as her brother is about it. She sees this as such a mm-hmm. big pressing need and he sees it as but we already won. Why do we have to keep going? So, so yeah, that's that's a really interesting dynamic to write and there's during the separation there's not a whole lot of interaction between them but it's still a really interesting relationship to kind of delve into the psychology of that that is really interesting so i think i think that kind of wraps up the topic do you have any last thoughts talking about relationships whether they're familial or fictional or character interactions any last thoughts I'd like to say to the viewers, as usual, if you're stuck on a prompt, specifically this one or any other one, feel free to stop by our Instagrams at Scribe of World or at The Violet Author and ask for any assistance. We love throwing out ideas. We love helping fellow writers wherever they might need. But if you are a little bit stuck, uh, we've already described a few, but Scribe, do you have one or two interactions that if people are really like, I don't got nothing on this, that you'd like to challenge them to try and write? Yeah, sure. So we'll start with within the family. I challenge you to, I'll I'll do two of them. So in the family, write a story about a age gap sibling pair or sibling, it could be more more than two siblings, but someone who is born significantly later. I know of families who their second born child is like 10 years after the first one. So there's no other children. And then this 10-year-old suddenly has a baby in their life. So I would say write about an age gap between siblings. Outside of the family, I'm going to go a military route and say you should write about someone in the military and their commanding officer who they do not get along with, but make the story center around the reason that they don't get along. Yeah, just challenge you to have a little bit of fun with that. What about you? Do you have any any prompts? Uh, Yeah, my internal one is write about a girl who is an only child, very doted on to the point of being spoiled by her parents, who has been sent away to a different country to live with her aunt, who she does not like, and write about how that aunt influences her to become a better person. Or write about a nurse who has made a, a very lovely platonic relationship with someone that is elderly and write an emotional scene for them, either of the elderly person getting transferred or passing away. 
I'm really I'm going all in on my social work side today and saying that I want to push deeper emotions and push more therapeutic writing if possible on this specific challenge if it is possible if it is healthy if it is comfortable obviously yeah. you never have to do anything that you do not want to in these writing prompts yeah so if you want something to kind of write through and process through choose one of the violet authors prompts and if you want something that might be a little bit more uh, interpersonal conflict driven go ahead and choose one of mine or yeah. come up with something your own because you know what you are a bright intelligent individual and mm -hmm. i know that you can come up with some really great stuff we believe in you we do so go ahead start your writing about something that you might not know anything about but in all of your searching through your feelings and emotions and psychology of the dynamics of human interaction, wander well. Goodbye.